Hello, everyone, and welcome to another recap race analysis here on the Cycling Dayton Extra channel or on the podcast, if you haven't already checked that out on Spotify, etc. But as always, I'm joined by Patrick Blake of Audu Cycling and one third of the Echelon podcast today. We are looking at the World Test Final 2023, stage 17, the Anglaru stage, the mythical one, and instantly also the birthday of Sepp Kuss. And uh, yeah, Patrick, uh, what happened on this incredible stage, to say the least? It was a long fight for the breakaway, that's for sure. But eventually, we kind of got a group of Avonapool and Catania was there. But Solaire was off the front as well, kind of off the front of a peloton. Avonapool picked up the two Category 1 climbs to extend his lead in the KOM classification. But the big kind of meal of today was the Anglaru climb which interestingly even before then barring victorious were pacing into there which a lot of people were questioning on social media wondering why they were doing this for Michelanda to maybe try and move up in GC they actually did a really good job today we saw the Italian sniper on the front to begin with followed by Caruso and then uh, Boyd Trago and Wout Pools as well. Wout Pools doing an absolutely incredible job today. He he really was the person who made this climb, in my opinion. And eventually, you know, riders were dropping off the back. Rather surprisingly, one of the first of those was Juan Ayuso, who seemed to drop quite early alongside Joao Almeida. Ita Brooks dropped quite early, but, you know, if you drop early and you're just kind of setting a pace for yourself, you could sometimes come back later on. Menrik Mass dropped, which meant that we ended up in a group up top with three Bahrain victorious riders, which is Mikel Lander, Wout and Santiago Botrago. And three Jumbo Visma riders in Sepkus, Primoz Roglic, and Jonas Vingegaard, you know, the, the usual suspects that we're expecting uh, up there. And then Boitrago dropped. Roglic went to the front with sort of a semi-attack, is what it was. It was an increasing of the pace. Wildpools then dropped. Lander was dropped. And then Jumbo Visma were riding at the front of the peloton, all three of them looking very resplendent. Another fantastic showing of force from Jumbo Visma today. And then Sepkus started to drop a little bit, just in the last couple of Ks of the Anglaru climb, because, of course, the last sort of 700 metres or so is downhill. And, yeah, Kuss drops, but then joins up with Lander. And it was kind of a bit up in the air. It's like, oh, especially after yesterday, Jonas gained a minute. Yeah, on yesterday's stage, we're wondering what's going to happen. Are, are Roglic and Vingegaard going to try and really kind of, are they going to try and take the red jersey from Sepp or is he going to be able to hang on, hold on to it? Roglic and Jonas roll down the last few 500 metres or so. Roglic takes the win. Jonas takes in second place. They are both on the same time. Jumbo Visma 1-2-3 because Sepkus takes third place. And then it is Mikhail Lander in fourth place. Fenwalt Pools, Gerard Maida, Ida Brooks. Santiago Botrago, Juan Ayuso, and Enrique Mass. Yeah, I think behind the scenes we we work really well together. They're they're two big big champions, and uh, yeah, I also want my my shot, but uh, I I also am, am happy to to work for them when it when I it's called for. So uh, yeah, it's it's been a beautiful experience. That was a crazy stage, Scott. There's been some gaps in GC which I presume we'll talk about, but what did you make of it? Just another Jumbo Visma dominance, wasn't it? It's crazy. Yeah, dissecting this, well, not mess, glorious mess, let's call it that. Uh, I mean, uh, I did the stream, and on the stream, people were getting, well, there was, like we say, like the Jumbo Visma fans in the sport, well, we both are 
well, I am your Visma fan, uh, Visma fan, obviously. But yeah, a lot of people were coming after me because I thought it was very, yeah, it wasn't a nice move to do by them to Sepp Kuss. Yes, it was his birthday as well. That was a factor, but he's not 10 years old or whatever. It, it's not that. It's the unwritten rule of cycling. You don't attack your team leader or you don't attack your ri- rider who's in the jersey. And it wasn't like he was getting dropped down the mountain and it was just like a token red jersey. He's finishing like third on the stage. So I thought that that left a bad taste in my mouth. And like even yesterday with Jonas attacking. Yeah, the dominance you can appreciate. We talked about that before that it's not just like free riders who are incredible out of nowhere. It is the two-time defending Tour de France winner. It is the Giro d'Italia winner and multiple Welta Espana winner. And it is Sepp Kuss, the best domestique in terms of mountains there is but if they are going to win we spoke we spoke about this on the echelon cycling podcast as well that if they were going to win the gc it w- it would mean so much more for them and the sport if it was sep Kuss. it adds more because he's american etc fan favorite but yeah then they're, they're not exactly doing themselves any favors what did you make of it patrick yeah, I don't know. I feel like this could be like a whole one hour discussion, to be honest with you. It's there's definite there's a polarity going on in the cycling sphere at the moment where you are pretty much in one camp or the other. People will say I'm in both. No, no, there's no, there's no both on this side. There's no both here. Um, there is no fence anymore. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm sort of with you. Where I'm like, Cuss is leading GC, and literally nobody else is is a threat. Lando was not, not a threat. Yeah. Let's be honest. It's not even close, is it? And for some reason, they seem to like want to just really go a bit over the top and really show their force, which is you know that, that's all well and good. That's fine. But yeah, I don't know. It it just seems a bit weird where Sep's leading. I can understand there is the opinion out there which is well, they need to do this because then they, you know, they can't just baby Sepp Kuss to the line if he's not the strongest guy and they need to they need to do a pace to be able to secure this victory. You know, the um, Jumbo Visma DS, you know, they're, they're all saying, you know, it doesn't matter. We don't care basically who wins this out of our three riders. It's just the important thing, but it's one of them. You know, we're, we're basically, we are not losing this race. And it's like, yeah, that is very true. That's fair. Unless something literally catastrophic happens you are not losing this race by any means there's simply not even the stages really left to go to really launch that much of an attack you know Bahrain were the strongest team today it wasn't UAE which is where people were really looking to including me to provide a threat to Yumbo it was came from Bahrain but I, I must admit I think I fall more on the side of why are Yumbo Visma seemingly I don't know in inadvertently sort of wanting to drop Sepp Kuss in order to get the victory to Jonas or Rocklich. I don't get why they wouldn't just slow the pace down they had dropped Lander at that point it, it, he was on the radio saying I'm dropped probably you know he wasn't just on the radio just to freaking have a chat with the DS about you know what he's going to have on his bagel at the end you know he's Gonna be like, guys, I can't hack the pace, I'm dropped. And they just continue just to keep on riding. So that's clearly like, you know, that they're like, oh, we're not waiting for him. So yeah, like I said, this could be a one hour discussion, but you know, 
for the sake of keeping this video below like 20 minutes or whatever, I'll just shut up now and say I I'm not sure if I agree with it. But let the comment section have their, have their time. No Seb Coos, there's no Roglic Giro win this year. And you can say whatever, that is true. Even like at the Tour de France this year as well, I think he did a great role for Jonas and the last year. Yeah. Ah, yeah, you're right. We could, but anyways, that aside, Bahrain Victoria is very strong. Landissimo back again. I was not expecting that. And uh, of course, he has a terrible record in the Vuelta Espana by his his standard. He's never top 10. So, I mean, he's looking very good to potentially getting a top five. And I mean, we might as well throw in Juan Ayuso struggling as well. We thought he was going to be the big fight. But yeah, what did you make of the Spanish contingent? You also have Enric Mas losing ground as well. So a bit of struggling for the Spanish riders. Yeah, there was definitely, well, there's just a lot of people struggling today, not just the Spanish. But yeah, but I think they did well to limit the losses. I think, yeah, I was very surprised by Lander. He's really had a very resurging ride this time around. And I, I was actually dead impressed by Bahrain just on the whole, really taking the climb on. I was like, you know what? I, I honestly thought this is going to come to nothing. Jonas or whoever the hell it is, is just going to attack over the top of them. They're going to disintegrate and it's all just going to fall apart and they're basically just going to paste Jumbo-Visma to a victory, which in a way they sort of did. But I think it was a very, you know, you got to tip your hat to them for trying because nobody else was going to do it. Um, otherwise, it was just going to be Jumbo-Visma setting pace and it was just going to be same old, same old. So chapeau to them for actually, you know, giving it a go. I think, and uh, you know, they des they got the deserved kind of outcome out today. Lander has moved up into fifth place. He's only sixteen seconds behind a Yuzo, and in terms of you know, momentum is a big thing in in cycling, and the momentum is definitely with Mikhail Lander right now over his Spanish counterparts. So. It wouldn't surprise me, especially since tomorrow, I think, is a quite a tough day as well. It wouldn't surprise me if Lander moved up into fourth place and overtook Juan Ayuso. Um, also notable that uh, Iterbrooks moved up into seventh place today. Uh, he is currently now like two minutes behind Enric Mas. I'm not sure if that gap is going to be bridgeable, but Iterbrooks is well and firmly in the Iterbrook zone. And he did a very good job today, just setting his own pace. And he ended up coming back quite strong at the end when it looked like he was going to be finishing with a Yuzo. He, you know, just kept plugging away. So a very mature ride for such a young rider. Yeah, I completely agree. Iterbrooks was so good. Like he is living up to the bill of being this next superstar in the making. Yeah, UAE disintegrated. Like, they definitely needed a Tadabagacha here. Like, Juan Ayuso, I still think it's... He is a phenomenal talent, and he definitely is a world beater already, but he still needs those, like, one, two years. It's only his second Grand Tour as well. And then expecting him to, like, destroy Yombo Visma on his own in some respect was maybe a bit naive, but, I mean, it's always easier to say it after things have happened but yeah it's a shame Tadabagache isn't here because that would be imagine them Tadabagache Almeida and a user with Mark Soler like that is a phenomenal quartet mm. I, I agree with you but at the same time UAE have this agenda of wanting to win the UCI ranking and from a efficiency perspective it makes more sense to send Pagacha who is a more proficient one-day racer to the Italian classics to mop up those because no offense to a Yuzo well a Yuzo is a decent one-day racer but like Almeida and stuff 
it makes more sense to send them to the Grand Tours to get points down, then Pogacar's just will probably pretty easily pick up victories in these Italian races, more than likely. So, in a way, UAE were like didn't send probably their their main man here in the in the aim of in the name of like efficiency, whereas actually maybe they were blinded by that and should have thought about you know having Pogacar here because you know Jonas is competitive here um would Pogacar be competitive here after his injury um would he have recovered enough after the tour this is all hypothetical stuff we don't know but it would have been cool to see nonetheless anyways we've got uh we'll do our predictions as well for tomorrow's stage it looks like uh not quite as tasty one is the one we had here but like this is the ankle route this is like the climb on pro cycling for some people i'm on the fence i i'm not sure whether this one or the angle route, but tomorrow certainly is a big day as well there's starts off with a cat two climb cat one climb then cat three then cat one climb with a bonus on the top and then finally uh 8.3 categorized one climb at averaging 8.5 percent which Jumbo Visma rider is going to win tomorrow, or do you think is going to be a breakaway potentially? I think Remco. That's my take. Oh, ah, boom! I have to go first sometimes. Oh, I was going to pick. I, I think, yeah, I, I'd, I'd think that. Yum, yeah, you're right. Yumbo could absolutely pace this and win again. No, no reason why that might not happen. Um, it is sort of. Is it, it is pretty much the last mountain test because tomorrow's stage 18. Stage 19 is a sprint. Well, it's just it's a flat day, whether it'll be a sprint, I don't know. Um, probably. Stage 20 is that bread knife day. And then stage 21 is Madrid. So tomorrow is, in theory, the last summit finish day. Does Avonapol have this KOM competition wrapped up right now? Or does he, you know, does he still want to go in there just to kind of secure it, get another stage win? I reckon he probably would do. Um, so yeah, I've, I'm going to go with break as well. Um, I will go with, I'm trying to think of like a sort of fringe GC rider. I think that Bahrain looked really good today. I think they got their reward out of it. Whether Landisimo attacks again tomorrow, I'm not really too sure. But I will go with, based upon the fact that he looked pretty good today, I will go with Santiago. No, I'll go with Wout Pools to win tomorrow. I think he looked really good today. I think that, you know, fifth place up the Angleru, that's no mean feat. And I think that if Bahrain let him loose, I reckon he could win. Anyways, that's it for our recap race analysis here of stage 17. What a stage it was. Hope to see that Angleru back soon as well. Make sure to comment down below, get involved in the conversation, and let's try and get this recap race analysis to 200 likes. Why not? And if you haven't already, subscribe to the channel here on the Second Day and Extra channel. Try and get us to 10,000. And why not join for the live country stream tomorrow on the Cycling Dane main channel and join us for the recap race analysis tomorrow as well. And check out the Echelon Cycling Podcast, which has episode 33 out this week. But with that, thank you very much for watching and we will see you tomorrow.